Hey, Miguel, you got a second? Sure, Coach Miola, what's up? Look, Gallardo, I know we've gotten four points in our first three matches, but you haven't gotten a clean sheet yet. Hmm? What do you mean? A clean sheet? Yeah, I did my laundry yesterday, bed sheets and everything, and but why are you calling me out for that here? You're joking, right? Wouldn't lie to you, Coach. I used dyed, you know, with bleach. It's extra clean. It smells nice. It's soft. <sighs> okay. A clean sheet is when you don't allow a goal. Don't allow a goal? Where's the fun in that? What? The fans want to see goals, so why would I keep people from scoring? That's what our attackers are trying to do. Score goals. Yeah, and I'm just trying to help soccer catch on in this country, Coach. Maybe you haven't noticed? Okay. We're going to work on this. Let's just talk about your position. As long as it's missionary, I'm cool. Get out. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Toughcast by two United fans. This is Notch. This is Jeff, and as clear as can be, it's episode 53. You hesitated there for like a half second. Well, because I keep remembering that we skipped 50. 49, 50, which one did we skip? 48. 48. Keep this straight, dude. Come no, on. For, keep, keep gotta keep this straight for 48. There yeah. you, you did it. You're catching on. <laughs> Cheers to you, man. <laughs> this moment I knew it would come and what it right. did. By the way, you know which moment came recently? Wow. Vague segue. Hit it. Garber showed up. Uh, did he show up in Detroit? Or was it, yeah, he was in Detroit. Yeah, he was there. So, um, MLS is, is in Detroit. MLS X Detroit. MLS 2, the number, Detroit. I think it is, yeah. By the way, my pet peeve in life is when people don't tell you if it's TWO or the number 2. No, I, you clarify that every single week. Listeners, by the way, we're jumping right into the content. We're not wasting any time. We're not going to be doing any of this kind of easy I, window. I, I literally have a date later, so I got to get this done so that I, I can know go you and, and meet someone far more interesting than yourself. No, I get that. Uh. that that's usually <laughs> what people tell me is, hey, I've got something more interesting. Move along, buddy. <laughs> I say, fine, I get it. So anyway, they're in Detroit. Uh, a couple of NBA owners, the owners of the Pistons and the Cavaliers, who are rivals on the court, are getting together to try to bring MLS to Detroit. And they have found a location in downtown Detroit, which is also possibly the site of a jail. That's what it's Stadium between. come jail. You know, that's that's like 2,000 attendants every week with no, like, no effort. Not a problem at all. The inmates have some great facilities to Season tickets in. are paid for by the fans with their taxes. It's great. I mean, and, and of course, you know, at the moment, there are some MLS stadiums that would do very well as jails. Too, you know, like, yeah, that's very true. Like like DC United's. Exactly. That's like prominently. practically solitary confinement. It kind right of feels there. like it. So yeah. anyway, point is, uh, MLS is in Detroit. And if you haven't noticed, uh, if you're plugged in at all to the soccer world, you've seen that everyone and their mother is throwing a shit fit about this. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, especially regarding uh, what it would mean for Detroit City FC. Right. And then the the Detroit City fans have come out and said, fuck MLS. Like, they've literally put out stickers that say that, except without the U, so it's safe for work. It might mean thick. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or uh, forget because something with a K. kids. Yeah. MLS. Uh, kids. Yeah. MLS. You know. Anyway, point is. Sport of the future. I, uh, you know, I'm just going to weigh in very quickly and say that I feel like in a country, if we are confident about the fact that lower league soccer have support, we wouldn't worry about this. The only reason that we worry about this is because we think 
there isn't enough support for lower leagues teams that can stand and survive right next to the MLS squad. West Berdine wrote something like this in Northern Pitch where he said both teams can't survive. But I just worry that the MLS team doesn't have enough respect for the lower league side. Or more than even the team, the people of Detroit. And so they just ignore DCFC. And, and that's, the, that's the fear. Um, there's some complicated stuff about the DCFC people being like, we hate MLS. And being like, why did MLS choose us? We're so mad about that. And that's like two contrary kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. So, so there's some stuff there uh, like that. But anyway, the point is it's a very complex issue. And it, it's wrapped up in a lot of feelings of um, that are quite similar to how Americans feel about the EPL fans ignoring American soccer. It's like, you guys have ignored us for so long. Now you're coming in. Just when we, we establish something special, you're coming in and kind of uh, showing us your snobbery and weirdness. Point is, it's complicated. You're going to have your own view. The one thing, though, is Dirty South Soccer. Hit it. These guys published a freaking article that basically said something like, Irrational lower league fans need to come back to reality. And I was like, it's an atrocious piece of writing, just to begin with. The clickbait title should tell you that. But it essentially says, lower league's fans, know your lane. Uh, you know, that's what it's boiled down to. And and it's defending Terminus Legion fans in Atlanta who supported, who came into the soccer support sphere because of MLS and didn't support the Silverbacks. Mm-hmm. My only point on this is, hey, guess what? You can be fine with that. I didn't come to Minnesota United until it was United. I wasn't here in the Stars and Thunder days. And you know what? I know that. I'm okay with that. I own it. And I say I didn't support this team when I should have. And as long as you say that, as long as you come in and say, yeah, I, it was my B. You know, there's a, there's a great history of soccer here. I just didn't recognize it in time. I'm cool with that. You know, you, you be you. But the thing is, when you come in with a lack of self-awareness and then you say, uh, screw all this history and all these guys have like worked their butt off to, to establish something special when nobody gave a shit. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off. I think where it gets especially condescending, and I think that's the term I would use for it as condescending, is the fact that Atlanta United effectively spelled the end of the Silverbacks. You know, once that was set, who wanted to buy the second tier Atlanta team when there was going to be Atlanta United coming in? You know, so... it's really frustrating because their one case in point that I think that they would say then is, yeah, we kicked out a lower league team already. So clearly we know what's better because we've got the better product now and they haven't even played a game yet. Um, One other thing that I would say regarding this whole situation, I do also believe that Detroit City can still function as a lower league um, non well, because fourth tier and lower is technically considered amateur or non-professional. It is, yeah. Yep. So I think that they could because it's a very different target. It's like how I think Minneapolis City is going to be just fine yeah. with Minnesota United there um, because it's going to have a very different type of fan or both. I mean, you don't have to choose one or the other. And sometimes it's great just to spend five bucks and be able to watch live soccer. So I think you can be a fan of both. I think both are going to be okay if this means right. that Detroit City is suddenly pushed out of Detroit, comma, the city, that's a problem. I think yeah. that would be a major issue. So that's something to definitely pay attention to. But Dirty South Soccer, uh, not not great. Yeah, no, the SB Nation proving to the world again that they are... Talk, people talk trash about them for a reason. There are some good blogs there, but God, there are some really atrocious idiots writing for it. And this dude who wrote this piece is one of them. And... I'm embarrassed for Dirty South Soccer for publishing it. You know who I'm not embarrassed about? 
he, you know what? Uh, I'm actually embarrassed about myself because listeners, you probably just noticed my voice got a lot clearer and that's because my mic was backwards this whole time. Nice. So we need to now just take a quick break so I can go back and make sure all the audio from earlier is at least listenable. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Uh, you may or may not hear music depending on what J- Jeff decides to do when he edits this podcast. <laughs> All right. So it turns out my mic, it's its still listenable. So we're just going to go with the audio we recorded before I adjusted my levels. Also, you, listeners, you might hear a dog whining in the background. Um, turns out there's a very lonely lo- dog that now lives in the basement down here. Uh, Notch is holding a little puppy captive right now. Yeah. Um, more like yaptive, am I right? <laughs> It's 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 a new Detroit City Stadium. I'm just trialing, you know, jail and all that. I'm just trialing that atmosphere, soccer atmosphere. Yeah, of uh, course. Exactly. Yeah. So that was our clear segue out of our last topic. Right. Um, uh, boo, mic, dirty South Soccer. Your boo. mic is good now. My we, we can continue. My mic is good. It's all right. All you know who love. else is good? Yeah, well, who's good? Christian Ramirez. Player of the week. Player, Player of the, the week. week. Player of the week. Play of the week. Goal of the week. Goal of the week. Win of the week. Win of the week. Win of the last four seasons. Yep, the one that you got to <laughs> yeah. see from Seattle. Boo. Did you watch it, though? Oh, yeah. Good. I. Uh, How, no, I'm curious. How was your reaction to this? Were you just like sitting in your hotel silently watching no, this? No, I was. So I'm not going to talk about how I watched it because that would get me a lot of like angry stuff. Um, but what? Okay. The point is, I was in an elevator, though, going up. Uh, with a couple of people during, I started in the 88th minute and I got off the elevator in the 89th minute or 90th minute or something. And your point is, I was in an elevator with two strangers at a hotel and I started like, like, yes, oh my God, this is so awesome. And they both looked at me. We shared a look for about five seconds and I'm like, aren't you going to ask me why I just went ballistic? And and they they just was like, the guy was like, yeah, UFC. And I was like, no, it's <laughs> soccer. And we just beat New York for the first time. And they were like, Okay, and they just walked out and <laughs> probably thought I was a crazy person. Uh, that's fantastic. I almost missed the goal. Did you? I actually did, yes. You, so, you were just like, traffic's going to be bad, get no, home, let's leave. No doubt. Uh, no, it was like 85th minute, and that's about the time that I have to make my way toward the sideline so that I can get onto the field afterward to talk to and do yes, interviews and stuff. So and beforehand, I was like, okay, I really have to go to the bathroom. No one's going to be in line. It's the 86, drying my hands. And as I uh, walk out and I'm just getting to the concourse, I see Justin Davis get the ball from Lance Lang's <laughs> head and start working down the left side. I was like 10 seconds away from see, missing I'm, the goal. I'm just like seeing you, like hearing people cheering and you forget to like zip up and you come back out and your dick is just hanging out and people are like, man, Jeff's like celebrating this Jeff goal. is excited. He's so freaking excited by Minnesota United beating the Cosmos for the first time. There would be helicopters, you bet. <laughs> As I'm shouting, get to the chopper. Yeah, that would that would have happened. <laughs> um, oh my god, you it was great. Dallas Stadium so fast. It was great. We <laughs> well, we, we just now started talking about the New York Cosmos Minnesota United game. We just skipped over like a whole bunch of notes. Which so we'll get we'll get to the game in a little second. Uh, a couple things I do want to talk about. Yeah. First, redemption. Remember last year when you gave me a bunch of shit for Matt Boehner being on the team, my toughest team of the week or team of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you were, like, forcing yourself to have a left back or whatever. Yup, he was on the best 11. For, for one week. week. So The week after we criticized the best 11 on air. So, clearly, uh-huh. coming up daisies at this point. Um, also, uh-huh. not getting as heavily criticized as it did last week. Yep. Um, 
not just the toughest 11, but also BN's TV ratings, which tripled, which sounds impressive, but that brings you to 13K. Which is still, I mean, it's almost like 1,000 less than that first week or whatever that we heard of the ratings. So, mm, but it's getting uh, better. You know, Kartik on our NASL Soccer on Reddit said something pretty interesting, which is that you should compare these ratings to MLS back when it was Fox Soccer before the, the current FS1 ESPN deal. Because he said MLS averaged 40 to 50K viewers on Fox Soccer and Fox FSC, whatever that is, Fox Sports Channel maybe, in 2007-2011. Um, because those channels used to hit 30 to 35,000 households. Um, BN right now hits 23 million. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, it's 30, 35 million for Fox Soccer and back then and now BN hits 23 million. So if NASL is able to get to a 30 to 40K mark, that'd be respectable. 13 is still too low, but yes. it can be built on with, with the right kind of advertising. We will wait with bated breath. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and let's jump back to Minnesota and New York. Let's just get right into the games here. Um, historic. It was fantastic. There were, uh... The fall of the cosmos. The decline of the empire. The, the short stadium has been pillaged and burned to the ground. And uh, it looks no different. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, 90th minute. For 89 minutes, it kind of looked like it was going to be the same old, same old, with Minnesota having chances and not being able to capitalize, and the cosmos being gritty and being able to buckle down and hold possession. They had like 60% of the ball in the game. It's yeah. incredible. But 90th minute, beautiful cross from Justin Davis. Fantastic. It was uh, Raul-esque finish to this game, wouldn't you say? <sighs> yes. Oh, you're still bitter about that. So oh, I, I have mean, that's it up. sad. But yes, um, it was a fantastic finish. Just barely slotted under uh, Jimmy Mara's reach. It's beautiful. And that's all it takes. Pulls off his glove. Dude in the uh, right next to the ad board drops his beer. He's so excited. Like, you'll mm-hmm. see it on the TV. Uh, I will... I mean, I'm just going to point out, this is second game the New York Cosmos have lost on a 90th minute goal. One thing that you could say about the Cosmos last year, among many others, was that even if they were down or they were coming close to going down, they held their nerve till the 90th minute. They, he- they watched the game out. Not twice. In three games, they haven't been able to do that. Twice in two games. Because the week before was when Eamon Zayed scored two in the 90th and the 90th plus seven. Right, right, right. Which is brutal. What, what I mean is twice in three games this season. They haven't, oh, they haven't yes. been able to see out the game. Sorry. Makes sense now. Yeah. And take it from us, who last year watched a Minnesota United team allow a lot of goals after the 80th minute. Like a historic amount of goals after right. the 80th minute. We get it. It's painful. And it's pretty bizarre to me because the defense was the spot that had the least turnover in their roster this entire offseason and typically at this time talking about any other team i'd be like well i hope they pull it through and they'd be fine later but i'm like nah this is awesome let it keep happening over it's gonna be and over and over and over and over times 28 this entire season please it's gonna be very tough for them to win the spring yeah. Um, that would be a major feat if they could, but I don't think they will. So, I mean, I will say they looked for good portions of the game, the better team on the pitch. Um, they had, I mean, I, especially early on, they were like putting a lot of pressure on the loons, getting the ball off our guys. And it was right when we figured out how to like get the ball to the next guy before before the, the 
Cosmos pressure was able to get to the the guy in possession. That's when we started dominating a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This didn't translate into more attacks for the Cosmos. No, that that's an operative thing. But they did look like the more um, composed team for good portions of this game. Cronchar in particular, Mr. Clownkar, Nico Clownkar, was um, there was there was a moment, you know, like where I was like, "Ooh, this guy's going to cause problems," and then we figured it out. We cracked it. Well, he had over eighty touches in the game. It, it really looked like pretty much every possession they would start to move it to the attack. Something wouldn't go right, and they immediately passed it back to Nico, who then dribbled around for a little bit and got past five United. Um, well, he's the one Cosmos player with 100 Cosmos players inside him ready to step out. Clown car. Pretty much. No, I get it. Um, <laughs> I, I'll say I, that the, the Damien low sending off kind of brought Cronchar back into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that was that was that my moment of panic, especially when they took Spees off to put Calvano back in because you need two center backs. Yep. And I was like, who are they going to take out? And Anyor had just gone in for his first half off, start, uh, not start, but first play after the injury. They can't mm-hmm. take the guy out. So they, he looked decent. Yeah, he he looked okay. He looked really good by the end of it, but for the first five or six minutes, he'd already started to show a little bit of rust, but it was... I, I mean, I have some opinions on whether Ibsen should have been... If, if Ibsen was fully fit, who should have stayed on the pitch? But uh, I know you like Bernie, so... No, well, I, I think the thing is, uh, this team is just fine. I like them all. There you but go. my thing is, I mean, Ibsen didn't look ready to play. Yeah, he he need he wasn't quite the old Ibsen yet, and I think it was a good decision. And I think it's something that, like I said, I said this a couple of weeks ago. They'll give him a run out. Mm-hmm. They'll see what happens, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, point is, though, Anyor couldn't come out, so they took Spees out, who'd been unbelievable up to that point. I was mm. like, no, you don't think so? He, well, not in this game. <laughs> not in this game. No, I think uh, that it made sense to me to um, because they had shifted formations a bit to something like a 4-1-4-1 and so then you take out one of the two center guys so it was process of elimination i i, I thought speeds was pretty good to be honest i th- i was i was mad i was well, i'm not saying he was bad I... i'm just not saying he's unbelievable which Shh. was your word so yeah I've, i started drinking while we were taking notes today so <laughs> I'm, I'm being a little I, hyperbolic what but... i will say and the the reason that i felt okay about this game after low send-off is because we had the return of the good luck duck the duck showed up again. The duck flew over, and we all quacked. Where, where is our duck gone? And at that moment, oh I should have known. I'm getting sad now. I missed even that. You missed the duck. I was a fan of the duck. I know I came up with one of the duck chants. Yeah, you did. I, I did Ducks of a Warrior. We, we, ch- we, we chanted nuts of, a, nuts of a Warrior, and I, I did Ducks of a Warrior. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. and We chanted it in your memory. I hope those little ducks are doing fine. Yeah, they looked they happy. That's good. That's uh, so the duck came back, and we won. And yeah. it was good. And... Oddly enough, Yasmani Duke, whose last name is spelled D-U-K, <laughs> also got his debut for the Cosmos. So, hey. Yeah, the Bolivian came in for, uh, I believe, Andres Flores. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just, a few other quick notes. Brent Gallman, uh, friend of the pod. Brilliant. Brilliant play by him. Yep. I was so happy. He he looked every bit the starter he should be. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. Um, I was also happy to see Aaron Pichkolin get in the game. Mm-hmm. Former Minnesota United captain. I, I'll, I'll admit a little bit of um, not frustration or, or upsetness is too strong, but a little bit of sadness that he wasn't given the captain's armband when he came on the pitch. You know, like kind of like when 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 guys who've played with the team for a long time have been captain come on, they're given the armband to like. Well, it's not a testimonial. I I mean he's and he's still the club captain. Well, last year when he uh I forget which moment it was, but when uh, there's there's one game where when a captain came on and he was given the armband back. And 
it's 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 silly and Justin Davis is a phenomenal guy to have the captain's armband so I'm not like sore about Justin Davis I just I I just I, it would have been a, a touching moment sure I mean pitch like I said I mean he is the club captain still through and through for like I mean off the field too yeah. so um at least he has that in his heart um a couple other pieces of news related to these One two other teams. Very quick thing. I just Go want to give out a shout out to Danny Cruz who worked his ass off the entire game. Yes. Final touch wasn't so great. And I think once he figures that last bit out, he is going to be just the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, incredibly fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and great heart too in here. Great heart. So. Oh, in his heart. Yeah. Thanks for pointing to where he's, a, he's, a, he's a great guy. So yeah. anyway, anyway, keep going with the two pieces of news. Okay. Um, a couple of things that uh, actually that you broke on uh, the internet's for your eyes. I, only. I didn't break the internet. You, you didn't show your butt like Kim Kardashian. Well, I did, but um, <laughs> that is unrelated. Are you, are you guys following Jeff's Snapchat yet? Because apparently there's some like pretty saucy content on there. It's fant- It's actually my Instagram. Uh, this is not temporary. <laughs> this stays. Um, no, a couple pieces of news like you said that I broke. Um, Greg Jordan is out for. Probably the entire year, um, at least the next four to five months uh, with a torn meniscus. Um, It was suffered in the week leading up to the first game. He had felt all right for the first game. And then in training, when they got back to Minnesota, it kind of flared up. And he'd been, I mean, doing fitness training, doing endurance, stuff like that with the team, doing simple like standing passing drills. Um, But it just wasn't able to get into a game situation. So too bad. Wish really, really wishing him a full recovery. He said this many times. Yeah. One of my favorite players. Hope he's fine soon. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other thing that I, um, actually, I didn't even know that I broke this. Do you but... want me to say this so, so that you can then claim credit for it instead of you saying it and then claiming credit? Let, let me, let me what? say this. Yeah, say it. I'm going to say it out it, loud. Yeah. Jeff Ruder reported on the internet today, breaking news, that Nico Cronshaw with the New York Cosmos is on a 10-game contract at $250,000. Yeah. See, that, now it sounds better because I, I was able to, like, his third person and come and say, like, Jeff Ruder broke the news. Thanks, buddy. Renowned world journalist Jeff Ruder. Stop. So, <laughs> full stop. Um, you did get, like, a lot of play on that, and that's an awesome... On, on both of them. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, dude. That's Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. We'll get used to it someday, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, 10 games, 250,000. There's a squirrel outside your window and it distracted me. Anyway, um, I, yes, I can't believe 25K for each game. I had a really interesting interaction with him after the game. Did you Did you see this? So uh, Brian Korsted and I, uh, he's a writer for Northern Pitch, um, I don't need, he doesn't need an introduction. He's Brian Corstead. We were interviewing Gio Savaresi in the tunnel and talking to him. And he was talking about how it was great to come to Minnesota because it's actually a full sized field and it feels like a great atmosphere. So it actually feels like a very competitive game. And all of a sudden I see Cronchar walking towards the tunnel. So I break away because Corstead's fine without me. He doesn't need me there. And so I, I, I walk up to Nico and I shake his hand and we say, you know, good game. Thank you. And I ask him, do you have time to answer a few questions? And he says, not a chance. And then sulks his way like a sad Peanuts character through the tunnel. You're going to edit this episode, so you should put the uh, Peanuts uh, sad music on here. I could probably Peanut do Christmas. that. Anyway, moving along, because I really need to get to my date, man. Fine. Miami, uh, Oklahoma City. 
the battle of the expansions. I had Miami and I got it wrong. You had Oklahoma City and you got it right. Congrats. I am still in the lead on our prediction game after three weeks. Oh my God, this Four is weeks. crazy. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. Miami drew 2,168 despite their $3 and $13 tickets. I don't understand how that's possible uh i i mean is this the pre-rain delay num- post-rain delay number because it was an hour and a half rain delay and it was atrocious weather sure in miami okay. so i don't know maybe maybe not we'll see uh apparently the the sales for the cosmos game i think it's next week or or two weeks from now are doing pretty well sure okay um we had some goals i almost made the joke that all of these no i'll make the joke anyway a lot of goals by players who hadn't been on their rosters last year so it's good to see the new guys coming into these two teams and making an impact (laughs) right away um so we had robbie finley scoring the 15th minute from distance uh really impressive shot between two defenders and then snuck in the bottom corner it just curves beautifully he's got the curves um then billy forbes you talk about the billy forbes goal basically the ball gets punted i forget by who because i watched this live but the highlights don't show the operative like cross or the pass to him from basically i think it's the goalkeeper shoots it to about midfield where forbes gets it and typically when you see where he's positioned you're like he's not getting to it in time for the two defenders next to him to get to it but he just freaking speeds at it gets the ball gets it past the defenders who admittedly miami's defense in this game was atrocious but and then gets it goes one on one with the keeper knocks it in goal uh, Oklahoma City they're up to nil um so at this point Nesta kind of made a panic substitution he pulled uh Dario Switch Yes. You're just like every other commentator in the league which by the way NASL today put out an article or a few days ago saying Two players from Ajax as teammates, now both in their prime, Dario Sivicinic and Luis Suarez. Definitely comparable, NASL. Definitely <laughs> comparable. Uh, anyway, and, and he was subbed off in the 30th minute in this game. Um, the commentator says saying he was injured, but I didn't see it and I haven't seen anything since. So maybe, who knows. But the point is, it turned the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing Dan Richards in, Miami started hammering away at Ryo. Because uh, up to that point, Ryo had the initiative, and they kind of start sitting back. Which kind of they say two nil is the like most dangerous lead in the world, and that's that was proven in this in this game. It was it was definitely something where Ryo felt really comfortable sitting back. Miami started hammering them. They got a quick goal from Marilyn Martinez. Beautiful, uh, was it a volley? So volley off yeah, his chest and yeah, the down yeah, his foot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and again, something that you should go watch. Brad Rusin got a header of a corner to tie it up in the second half, and then there was a penalty. Yep. Um, was it Forbes? I think it was uh, Boateng, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, it was Forbes. Forbes. Forbes uh, is right on the edge, the, the corner of the box, kind of dribbles his way around on the outside of the box, and right as he's starting to enter into the box, two Miami defenders kind of convene on him on both sides and sandwich him, and he falls, and it looks like he might. It's tough to say because one foot of his is definitely outside of the box still. Mm-hmm. However, the other foot, the ball, and probably most of his body and weight is either on the line or just inside the box. So, you know, the commentators were discussing this. They're like, is it in the box? Isn't it? You know what? The When the replay came on, what the, uh, I forget, his, I think it was the color guy. You know what he said? Hmm. That was outside, dude. Oh. <laughs> Come on, bruh. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's outside, bro. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that guy's like really into this game." Where he's like forgetting, like he was, he was great most of the game, but he's just like, "That was our dude." The other one was one of the commentators said, "Uh, they were calling Derek Boating, Derek Boating, and Derek was, Boating, 
<laughs> bolting. It was great. It was, it was it's going to be great. And then the the penalty kick in the 86th minute, based off that foul, was slotted in by Michelle Mybel. And uh, that Michelle. was the game. Michelle. Mabel. There you go. French, 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 French. There were two player notes that are definitely worth mentioning for this pod in particular. First, Pablo Campos got a full 90. And then... One on. Saw the field in the 90th minute. The barbarian. He's back. He's on the pitch. He will, he's coming for you, Lauderdale. So excited! We've been toiled at the wheel of pain. You should have seen us on Twitter. We were both just freaking out at this moment. It was amazing. It was Um, beautiful. It was beautiful. Campos is wearing eighty three this year, by the way, which is his year of birth. There you go. I'm only. I mean, he was born in nineteen eighty three, not eighty three. Three years older than me. Yeah, there you go. The more you know, guys. The more More you know. know. Uh, Okay, we're gonna take a quick break right here, and then we will be back with more NASL news. <laughs> and we're back to Tough Guys. Um, the good news is that what we're laughing about is actually a great segue into the Jacksonville game. <laughs> what? Because it references Miguel Gallardo. Oh my god. Uh, I also told Jeff that. Um, anyway, every time he tells me at the beginning of the show, dude, this one's going to be short. It never is. We're 30 minutes in and we still got a lot to go. So let, let's try to see how fast we can uh, finish this. Because next few games are. There isn't a lot to say. This one in particular, Fort Lauderdale versus Jacksonville ended 1-1. Redemption for Matt Boehner. That was the theme of this game, you know, like NASL is like putting that, like they're writing an article on it right now. Jeff Ruder, a mm-hmm. world-renowned journalist, did a post about Matt Boehner being amazing. He predicted it. He and knew then he was, was able gonna... to knock an own goal off of Juan Angulo and get credit for the goal. Jose Angulo. Oh, that's it's Juan Arango, Jose Angulo. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, yeah, so basically Jacksonville scored pretty early. To be honest, it was a very unflattering score for Jacksonville because they managed to have a majority of the attack in this game. It was not a game worth watching, kind of very sloppy, to be perfectly honest, in my opinion. Um, these are both teams, now if I have to be honest, are not going to do well this year, in my in my opinion. I was You've come around on Lauderdale. Give them three shots, man. Mm-hmm. I did, and it it didn't it didn't. No, it's not it's not gonna happen. And and so, uh, the ball, like you said, bounced off Jose Angulo's head. It might have been cleared off the line. It's not clear from the replays, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was given as a goal, and yeah, uh, Jacksonville should have been able to carry this through. They managed to uh, Fort Lauderdale managed to pull one off from Macon Santos in the seventy fourth minute. Yeah. Uh, is is it true? Armada has never won on the road in a year and three games. Yeah, Rio OKC won a game on the road before. That's incredible, the Armada. That is that is too bad, and that also bodes well for teams hosting Jacksonville. You know, one other random stat that got pulled off the Minnesota United broadcast is that Minnesota United, until this last game, hadn't kept three consecutive clean sheets since 2010. Did you also know that up until this last game, Minnesota United had not beaten the Cosmos? Because everyone would love to tell you that narrative. (laughs) Uh, Tampa Bay versus Carolina in what was probably the second best game of the week. um, Ended 3-1. Carolina looks good. 
Yeah, I guess you knew that last week going to prediction. See, I knew that. You remember that how right? I changed the prediction mid-recording because I wanted to catch up ground on you? <laughs> Bit me in the ass. Um, <laughs> let's see, goals by Alex Perez. Uh, really good cross from the left side. Goes in and just slams in the top right corner from inside the box. Carolina really strong shot. looks no, like they know what they're doing. Where everybody is, those crosses were beautiful on both the first two goals. Mm-hmm. Carolina's announcer ended up, uh, James Marshland also scored kind of a similar sort of thing, solid cross, another strong finish, uh, called, uh, okay, if I say that there is a player named McWendy's on Tampa Bay's team, <laughs> do you think it's a portmanteau of McDonald's and Wendy's where you're going to Wendy's to get the chicken nuggets because they're better, but then you're going to McDonald's to get the fries because those are better? <laughs> That's true, by the way. I, I believe that. And also, I'd rather get a Frosty uh-huh. than a McFlurry. But... Um, no, it, it was a fantastic call. McWendy's forever. It's a beautiful goal, by the way. Mm-hmm. He just kind of whacks it in. To, it it kind of looks like a little bit like he's going to fall over, but it, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful goal. Go take a look. It was, I think, nominated for play of the week, too. And the, the Rowdies, you know, they, they could have got one more and tied it up, except Brian Schreiber, who they gave up, came back and knocked in a penalty, which, do you think that was a foul? Cold-blooded. Uh, it was a foul. It wasn't cardable, but I mean, definitely contact by Ben Sweat on T. Shipolani. He's kind of holding him as he was yep. running through the box. Yep, it, it certainly, I wouldn't have carded him, but no, the ref got it right. That was a penalty. Yeah, that Ship- was a clear obstruction. Shipolani kind of went down kind of easily, but but that, he he's, that. Al- he's always going to do that when you get a golden opportunity Especially like that. Especially like that, exactly. Yeah. Professional like that. And then Brian Shriver, like you said, with the cold-blooded finish in Tampa to knock down his former team. Um, possession was actually 50-50. That was interesting to me. It was like a literal 50-50 split. Um, so that's fine. I think there was a moment at which the guys were like, guys, we're at 49-51. Come on now. And they just, just kick the ball around for like a minute, and they're like, got it. And then that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Carolina uh, signed Burt Macklin, FBI, from uh, Parks and Recreation. <laughs> um, so Chris Pratt is now playing for, for the Railhawks. He's actually former DePaul University goalkeeper Macklin Roberts uh, Robinson. We know nothing besides his college career. Um, his age wasn't even in the um, release. So, so he is with the FBI. Exactly. He's just okay. so secret. He's actually on a on a undercover mission. Sure. Um, also undercover this season is the Ottawa Fury roster, who doesn't appear to be giving out either information or solid play on the field, for that matter. You told me something very surprising at the beginning of the recording about how many goals they've scored this year. One. That's... In four games, they've scored a goal. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Although the Edmonton fans, the FC Edmonton, the creatively known Edmonton supporters group, uh, they did that thing that that German lower leagues team had done a couple of years ago. Where they all printed out little colored arrows and then held it in the direction of the mm-hmm. goal. <laughs> it was it was good. Also, I, I misspoke. I just caught it. Uh, Shriver, the game was actually played in Lauderdale, and I could definitely confirm that because there were only a thousand fans in the crowd. And I'm not kidding. There were a thousand fans in the crowd. One thousand. What was it? Forty-seven to boot. In the Fort Lauderdale game? Uh, in the Lauderdale game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. It, Lockhart looked empty, like I said before. Like, that was, that's brutal. There's, there's no defense for that. And, and there, again, i got to say, the reporting turnstile number. So typically, they might have been able to report like 3,000 tickets given away. But it's when you look at how many people are in the stadium, um, they, they need to do something about this. And, and fast. Yeah. Uh, soccer teams in America still make a lot of money from attendance, and this is not good for them. Anyway. Soccer teams in Canada. Right. Getting back to this, um, the the result, like you said, was 2-0. And there were two goals. Albert Watson off a of Seninyasi uh, 
assist from, from a corner, corner kick. kick. Yep. Yeah. And and it, Jake Keegan, who scored the the wunderkind, who's I think was played in Ireland or Scotland. Yeah, and, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. So it's two goals is good. They mm-hmm. finally scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Ottawa was going to take this game, but they didn't. You got it right. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, Edmonton was opportunistic. Both goals were actually scored off of defensive miscues from Ottawa. The corner kick was given because Rafael Alves was doing a back pass to Ramal Pazer, um, who honestly, t- on Sunday, he looked like a shell of his self from his Golden Gloves winning He's year. been smoking too many cigarettes and eating baguettes. And At cap- the bistro. Parisian cafes and bistros. You've yeah. got that right. You know, I when I was in Paris a few, like about a month ago, I ate some mussels. At a uh, at a bistro, and it gave me like indigestion. So maybe that's what happened to him. He just ate some uh, steamed mussels and right off-season. before every game. Yeah, if you, do, you know, you got to eat them fresh. You have to eat them fresh, listeners. If you if you understand one thing from this podcast today, always eat your steamed mussels fresh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So Pazer had the ball and then miscleared it and uh, went out for a corner kick. Um, and that's all it took. And then Keegan's, again, uh, another bad clearance from Fernando Timbo. Keegan, scrappy little dude he Timbo. is, uh, got the ball, gets th- past Alves and Pazer, and then slots it in the bottom corner. So Julian D. Guzman went down in minute number 28. Have you seen any info on whether... I haven't. That's, that's bad big. news. That is big. For not only Ottawa, but Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll definitely look into it and tweet something if we find it. Um, not sure why Marcel De Jong wasn't playing another Canadian. He's a left back. Yeah, um, looked like their best player in the first two or three games, mm-hmm. and suddenly was an unused substitute in this last game. Um, but really, Edmonton's captain Watson, who scored the first goal, definitely was the man of the match. He looked really good and confident on both sides of the ball. I just love that in the news section, you're like, you just put two words: poor Canada. Poor Canada, we say blah, blah, I feel so... It's sad. These, like, these teams don't look good. They really don't. I mean, admittedly, Edmonton, because we took their best player. <laughs> it's yeah. on us. Ugh. And Ottawa lost, like, their five best players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and their coach. And their, uh, coach. And their dignity. Pretty um, much. They, uh, Yeah, you know, I, I really want these two teams to do well. I really do. Uh, Ottawa, I think, has it in them based on how they played against Indy. Because Indy's an okay team this year. And I, I I thought Ottawa really had their craft together except for in front of the goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I was really, like, that's why I predicted them for this game. And I, I haven't watched this one, so I don't know quite how it went. But okay. I, I, if they can pull it together, which is a big ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? and we, We'll talk about this when we get to predictions, I guess. Sure. Um, but first, there was some important news that we need to get to from Puerto Rico. Right. They have signed the Enron Corporation as their shirt sponsor. Which is remarkable, because I thought they were going with BP. Right. Exactly. And uh, we've also heard that they've managed to sign um, Pelé Mm -hmm. to a legacy contract. So he's going to be coming in and being their mascot at every game. Which is cool. I mean, some teams will get like a little dog and they got Pelé. Right. Exactly. It's pretty amazing. And um, also, they've managed to sign... Pres- Russian President Vladimir Putin as their center back. 
so so it's it's a bold move. I, lo- the Russian audience, you know, Fort Lauderdale strikers going after Brazilians, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico FC going after the Russians, which makes perfect sense to me, though. I mean, that's an untapped market, and so if right. you're going to do it, you're going to do somewhere that has a climate very close to Moscow. So why not Puerto Rico? And, and the final piece of news is that they've renamed their team to the Puerto Rico Omegas. They they, they really mm-hmm. like the way Deltas was doing it. So that's they, true. So they. Got um, the Omegas, you know, Greek letters. They're they're pretty fetch right now. Um, yeah. So so yeah, that's how it went. Yep. I mean, so uh, stay tuned. A lot of interesting stuff happening in Puerto. Rico. Nothing's happening in Puerto Rico. Yeah, we haven't heard much of anything. Um, yeah. Did you hear some rumors actually posted on Reddit, which you know is super reliable? No, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> the, the, there might be some anger at Puerto Rico FC not having signed more Puerto Rican guys so far. So, but I mean, they've got like what one third of a roster so far. Like, if even, yeah. Yeah, so so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And we, maybe someday we'll stop making up news about Puerto Rico. Or make up better news and funnier news about Puerto Rico. I'm uh, hoping. Moving along to our predictions. Uh, at the moment, I'm at 12-6-2. And I'm at 10-6-4. Oh my god, I'm leading after three weeks. I know, I know. Three... Did you? <laughs> Four weeks. Four weeks, you're right. It is a fourth week. And are these um, road then home or home then road? Uh... Home than road. Okay, great. Then my picks are fine. So um, who's Minnesota United playing this week, Jeff? Minnesota United is playing against episode two of Game of Thrones. Actually, yeah. I think episode two of Game of Thrones, you know, honestly. Because as much as I like Jabrowski P.I., I don't mm-hmm. think he's as quick on the gun as um, Arya Stark is with her. We're going to have needle. to ask Jabrowski how the, the, the case of the missing hot dish is. Right. We will get back to him one of these days. By the way, you don't watch Game of Thrones. What is wrong with you? I, I'm sorry. I reallot my time. Um, but I don't think... I think that they're all going to lose one hour of possible rest or preparation because they're going to be on the edge of their seats watching Game of Thrones. So uh, I'm going to say Game of Thrones wins the attention yeah, battle there. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Ottawa Fury plays uh, Miami. And who do you have on this, Jeff? Uh, I have to pick one. I've got Miami. Right. Yeah, yeah. we would probably both want to be like boring. Draw. Our pick is boring game. Our pick is boring. Our pick is help. I think I think Ottawa Fury, because I'm going to bet on them getting their chemistry together. This is why I keep losing these games. It's because I'm a sucker like that. I'm like, maybe they'll just do it, guys. Yep. And uh, I think they're going to lose. But still, I'm going to go with the Fury because I put that on the sheet of paper here. Yes, you did. Uh, Fort Lauderdale against Tampa Bay. I've got Tampa Bay. That me too, man. Okay. I mean... Sorry, strike the battle of Thomas Wong and you now. Yeah, he's really good in the commentary box. By the way, he's really fun to listen to. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Yep. Um, Oklahoma City hosting uh, Indy Eleven. I had to think about this one. I really did because Oklahoma has not been bad. I think they have got a few harsh results, um, but finally managed to get their first win. So they're going in off some, you know, hype. I think Indy though is 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 due some more adulation. They're on a bye week. See, I, I've got Oklahoma because I, uh, like you said, Indy's coming off a bye, so they don't have momentum going right now, and they lost momentum. For some reason, If it's a new rule where if you beat the Cosmos, you have a bye week. It's a new league instigated <laughs> rule. It's fantastic. So, um, conspiracy. But I, I've got Oklahoma. They're at home. They've got momentum going for them. Indy hasn't lost a game yet this year, so <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I think they're due. So, yeah, I've got Oklahoma. One thing, by the way, both Wes Burdine and Neil Morris, two NASL coverage people, have said that the pitch quality at Oklahoma City, according to their sources, is pretty poor. 
Yep. Uh, no details on what that means, but this was like tweeted during the Oklahoma City. Well, it's turf Miami on turf. Game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a new stadium. So I was hoping it'd be pretty great, but apparently, according to sources, it's not. Mm-hmm. According to both and, these guys. And Sources knows a lot of stuff. Like, Sources is all over the place in journalism <laughs> with reports. I want yeah. Sources contacts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, moving along to New York Cosmos versus Carolina Railhawks. Game of the week. Yeah, for sure. This this is this is good. I mean, this is going to be the, 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 the one that decides what the Cosmos are capable of in the spring. They need to get this. Because mm-hmm. uh, not only will they show that the last two games were an aberration, but they'll be able to... Sh- to knock out one of the teams that has the most points that they could, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, They're undefeated. Yeah. So so Carolina is undefeated, and I'm going to say that they remain undefeated. In New York, after two losses, New York's got this. They have to. Um, I think Carolina's due to fall down to earth a little bit, at least just for a week. Um, I think the spring title is going to come down to Minnesota and Carolina. Um, we'll make picks as we get closer to the end of the 10-game sprint, but... I don't think there's a way that the Cosmos lose three in a row. I hope right now that you're being the kind of homer I used to be last year. Or not homer, the the bias towards like, Cosmos can always win it. I used to always do that. Yeah. And uh, I hope, I hope, Car- Raylocks, help me, Carolina Railhawks. You're my only hope. If you want Minnesota to win the spring, you don't want them to win this game. I think that's I want, all I'll say. I want Carolina to win this more than I want the Cosmos to to win this. Well, no doubt. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Jacksonville versus Edmonton. That's a midweek game. Yeah, the first and only midweek game this um, spring for the spring mm-hmm. season is going to be on Wednesday, and it's in Jacksonville. So typically, you'd be like, "Yay, Jacksonville!" Which actually they they won a lot of home games yeah, they last did. year. So uh, if you're going to think about like Tony Miola's second win. This could be it. And now I'm actually talking myself into changing my prediction. Yeah, me too. Oh, come on, dude. We both got Jacksonville. I decided uh, this was the one game I was going to punt and just do whatever you did. Oh, uh, so, you fucker. So we both have Jacksonville. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Notch. Well, at least I won't lose it. I was Because I was nervous. I'm like, man, if I do this, I'm going to like have a different one. Nope. No. All right. Friendship. Well, um, we, we, this has been a long pod so far. So I think it's it's well past the time that we say goodbye to you listeners and let you get on with your day. We are now, by the way, very excitingly on Google yeah. Play Music Podcast or Google Play Podcast. Google whatever. Play. Yeah. Yep. Which is, the, I switched from Spotify to Google Play a couple months ago. So I'm I actually really did, excited about this. I was with it from the beginning. I actually like Google Play Music and we're not sponsored by them, but I will say buy their shit. They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, subscribe to Jeff's Twitter. I am at J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R. You'll get all the wonderful breaking news that you need on there. Uh, I am at LockstockSpock, which is my personal. I'm also the guy who tweets most of the stuff at TWO United Fans, which is our uh, podcast Twitter. You'll also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast. I like saying that. I like that. And uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yes, we're also always on SoundCloud. You... Our wonderful listeners, please tell your friends. Please review us on iTunes. That always helps. And have a great rest of your day, night, evening, morning, whatever it is. Uh, Snorlax, Zorax, hour four of the lunar cycle. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. 